people welcome to another episode of echo chamber so as we always do let us start with um, the uk box office top 10 for the weekend of the 30th of october to the 1st of november okay people so at number 10 is uh, Barnaby Thompson's Pixie, which stars Olivia Cook, Alec Baldwin, Ben Hardy, and Colin Meaney. At number nine, we have um oh we got St. Mould people. It is still there doing its thing. Um, the film is from Rose Glass and it's starring Morford Clark, Jennifer Ely, and Lily Knight. That means at number eight, we have got the classic John Carpenter film, Halloween, which stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Pleasance. Nancy Keys and PJ Souls. Okay, so at number seven, we have got Sean McNamara's Cats and Dogs Free Pause Unite. So it is uh, starring Princess Davis, Sarah Gills. Max Greenfield and Megan Petter Hill. At number six, still doing its thing, is Christopher Nolan's Tenant. That means at number five, we have got Zoe Lister Jones's The Craft Legacy, starring Michelle Mahogan, uh, Callie Sp- Bainey Hannah, David DeCotney, and Gideon Alden. Show at number four, we have got the uh, Secret Garden. Okay, so, um, This is, uh, yeah, this is the classic film from Mark Morden, and it's starring Dixie Epperick, Richard Hansel, David Verney, and uh, Tommy Genre Sturridge. At number three, we've got The Honest Thief. So this is from Mark Williams and it's starring Liam Neeson, Kate Walsh, Jay Courtney and Jeffrey Donovan. At number two, we have got another classic. It's Kenny Ortega's Hocus Pocus starring Bette Midler, Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najmi and Ormi Cats, which means people at number one this week, 
We have got Toby Genkel and Sean McCormick's 2x2 Overboard with a voice cast of Max Carillon, Ava Connolly, Dermot Magnus and Tara Flynn. So this week's episode, well, it's going to be a two-parter. You know, yeah, there's some length issues, so it's a two-parter. The first part, we have got a short and a feature. But before we get to those, let's check out some news. All right, buckle up. Okay, people, Sheffield Dockfest is ending their year in a big way. From Friday 13th, Sheffield Dockfest will present its fourth and final program for its 2020 festival, Ghosts and Apparitions. Ghosts and Apparitions encompasses films and artworks each part of DocFest 2020 official selection and all presented online Friday the 13th of November until Thursday the 26th of November. Since the first glimpses of the moving image, ghosts were haunting our imaginations, including those yet to be. A ghost from then meets a ghost from now. Histories and collective memory are born. And cinema, the dismantling of frontiers. Films of all lengths, artists, video, audio and XR performances will all feature across the Ghosts and Apparition film programme and arts programme. Each experimenting with form and expanding the boundaries of what documentary can be. The program combined involved 13 films and artworks representing nine spoken languages and spanning 12 countries around the world. Argentina, Canada, Chile, Czech Republic, France... Israel, Netherlands, Spain, Taiwan, Thailand, UK and USA. Filmmakers and artists include, among others, Orit Ashery, an Israeli, uh, Jarman Award-winning interdisciplinary artist based in the UK and an alumni of Sheffield Hallam University, Sophia Bordowitz, an award-winning Canadian filmmaker, and Paola Albuquerque, an experimental Portuguese filmmaker and scholar based in the Netherlands, Keegan, um, the UK and Germany-based collective, will present a live interactive experience from a virtual world on Saturday the 14th of November. The film program will be available online to all UK-based public at Sheffield Dockfest Selects and internationally via Dockplayer from 5pm on the 13th of November until 
23.59 on um, the 26th of November. Select titles are also available to watch via Moby, um, one of the DocFest program partners. The arts program will be available online for audiences internationally and free of charge via the Sheffield DocFest website. Um, from the same times, you know, which is always a good thing. Uh, an old question for humans is how can we make visible what is invisible? Sometimes only um, semantic, sometimes a faded memory, sometimes just a dream. In our film program, transitional processes are present. And relevant from forgetfulness to remembrance, from past into present, from the individual into the collective realms, the buried memory of civil war in Spain, present in spaces and objects in deep waters, recollections of childhood and the processes of transformation of the city of Taipei in the tunnel. All that is forgotten in an instant builds an intricate, passionate journey between words, translations and political landscapes. And truth or consequences brings to life the ghosts, desires and fragilities that haunt a community and build their resistance. Resistant vision of life Love and death are two of the most fundamental and universal realms of human existence And cinema has been one of their most loyal storytellers Loss of our loved one and the quest for meaning in dissolution in man amour The, the effort to understand and realise loss as a challenge for making a film in point and line to plane. Ghost and Apparitions is also about experimenting with cinematic forms and narratives and questioning what documentary can be. Firm is a voyage outside the anthropophic perspective over landscape and nature. So, people, all of this, you know what I mean? It starts on Friday the 13th. So, you know, tomorrow, okay? So, go to the information of the episode and you will be able to find um, how to access and everything like that. All right, enjoy. Cronenberg fans, you are in for a treat because Shudder, AMC Network's premier service for horror, thriller and supernatural announced today that is teamed up with award-winning production company Shaftesbury to make a new eight-episode installment of the hugely popular horror series Slasher. 
hailed by bloody disgusting as top-notch horror storytelling, slasher Flesh and Blood will stream exclusively, exclusively on horror platform Shudder in the US, Australia and New Zealand in 2021. Shudder will also be streaming Home for Flesh and Blood in Canada, the UK and Ireland following its linear premieres in those countries. The series will be broadcast exclusively on Hollywood Suite in Canada. Production is underway now in Ontario, Canada. Slasher Flesh and Blood follows a wealthy but dysfunctional family gathering for a reunion on a secluded island. Their old wounds and competitive rivalries flare up when the family realises a masked killer is on the island, intent on a cruelly picking them off one by one. As with the past instalments of the series, Slasher Flesh and Blood will combine elements of traditional murder mystery with intense horror and bold kills that audiences have come to expect. Canadian horror legend David Cronenberg has joined the cast for the new season, which will also continue Slash's trend of bringing back cast members in new roles. Returning from previous seasons are Paula Brancati, Jefferson Brown, Patrice Goodman, Sabrina Gedrich, and Christopher Jackett. New faces this year include Rachel Crawford, Janine Goosen, Sydney Meyer, and Alex Orzez. Slasher is clever, bloody, scary, and fun, and adding David Cronenberg to the mix will take this new installment of the series to the next level, says Craig Engler, Shudder's general manager. We couldn't be more excited to work with Aaron Martin and the team over at Shaftesbury to bring the Slasher flesh and blood to Shudder members. We are so thrilled that Slasher will be brought back to life on Shudder, said Shaftesbury chairman and CEO Christina Jennings. We know the fans of the show weren't ready to say goodbye. So we are eager to bring them the goriest, scariest chapter of this anthology yet. Hmm, not bad, right, people? The Slasher series over-delivers on good old-fashioned gore, horror and fun with fast pacing and exceptional casting, said David Kind's President Hollywood Suite. We are very excited to throw our support behind the series and resurrect it for another bone-chilling season. So you can follow the production via Slash's social media channels. They're on Facebook as Slasher TV, Twitter as Slasher Series, and Instagram as Slasher TV Official. So... Something new to look forward to, people. 
Horror fans, the year may be coming to a close, but there is still plenty to look forward to. Shudder is closing out its record-breaking year with holiday specials from two of their most popular series, exclusive new supernatural chillers, massive new collections focused on holiday horrors, and Galio, and so much more people. Okay, so the December highlights, well, a, um, a Shudder special will be Joe Bob Saves Christmas. Um, it's the Christmas spirit takes over the last drive-in as Joe Bob and Darcy close out the year with a double feature of holiday horrors. Premieres live on the Shudder TV feed Friday, December the 11th and will be made available on demand on Sunday, December the 13th. You've also got a Creeps Show holiday special. In the holiday-themed hour-long special, Shapeshifters Anonymous, featuring fearing he is a murderer, an anxious man searches for answers for his unique condition. From an unusual support group It's starring Anna Camp And Adam Pally The special is written and directed By Creep Show showrunner Greg Nicotero Based on a short story by J.A. Conrath Okay, so that hits Shudder on the 18th of December Okay, so they are also having some you know, original um, exclusive movies. So there is Anything for Jackson on the 3rd of December. After losing their only grandson in a car accident, grief-stricken Audrey and Henry, a doctor, kidnap his pregnant patient with the intentions of performing a reverse exorcism, putting Jackson inside her unborn child. It doesn't take long to figure out Jackson isn't the only ghost the grandparents invited onto their home. Now it's a race against time for the couple as well as the pregnant woman to figure out a way out of the haunting they've set upon themselves. Oh my god (laughs) Consider this wintry anti-nativity tale Shudder's Christmas counter-programming From a writer and director Who together have made a bevy of traditional holiday movies That's Keith Cooper and Justin G. Dyke Um, Believe me, this ain't a baby in a manger or Christmas with a prince It's starring Sheila McCarthy, Julian Rickings, Constina Mantelewis, Josh Crudas and Yannick Bison And it does sound a little scary Okay, so on the 17th of December You also will be getting The Pale Door 
So the Dalton gang find shelter in a seemingly uninhabited ghost town after a train robbery goes south. Seeking help for their wounded leader, they are surprised to stumble upon a welcoming brothel in the town square. But the beautiful women who greet them are actually a coven of witches with very sinister plans for the unsuspecting outlaws. And a battle between good and evil is just beginning. It's starring Devon Druid, Zachary Kington, Bill Sage, Pat Healy, Natasha Bassett, Stan Shaw, Melora Walters, and it's directed by Aaron B. Kuntz, um, who directed um, some of Scare Package, which, um, you know, we spoke about earlier in the year. Okay, so you're also getting a new series. All right, so season two of Ellie Roof's History of Horror. That will be hitting the platform on the 10th of December. Um, there will be new collections as well. Uh, so you've got the Holy Galley Christmas. Okay, so slip on your black gloves and deck the halls with bloody murder. Italian style. As Shudder debuts its biggest ever collection of Gallio cinema, both classic and modern, with films by Dario Argenta, Lucia Fulci, Laberetto Bava, Michelle Savi, Sergio Martino, and many, many more. Okay, so it will be featuring A Blade in the Dark, Death Laid an Egg. Black Belly of the Tarantula, The Case of the Bloody Iris, The Corruption of Chris Miller, The Editor, The Fifth Chord, New York Ripper, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, The Red Queen Kills, Seven Times, Short Night of Glass Dolls, Stage Fright, Torso, Trauma, your vice is a locked room. And what have you done to Solange? Woo! Man. And, um, yeah. It will be coming on the second. Okay, so, uh. Yeah. Not bad, a eh, people? Not bad at all. But, there's also other new films. Alright, so you've got Bloodbeat. Which, um, I mean, well, that comes on the 30th of November, but we'll still count it, alright? So that's a young woman travels to rural Wisconsin to meet her boyfriend's family and a samurai spirit, warrior spirit, possesses her body to go on a bloody killing spree. <sighs> Starring Helen Benton, Terry Brown, Dana Day. Um, you've also got The Body. Okay, so a darkly funny and twisted journey taking place entirely on one forgettable Christmas Eve. Body revolves around a trio of college co-eds whose dalliance with breaking and entering goes horribly awry. Following a freak accident, the girls find themselves entangled in a Hitchcockian nightmare, steeped in tension, suspicion, double-crossing, and murder. 
where no one is to be trusted and a new twist lies around every corner. From the team behind this year's Villains, it's starring Helen Rogers, Alexander Toshkran, Lauren Molina, Larry Fresden, um, and it's directed by Dan Burke and Robert Olson. Okay, so you've got Rape Rare Experts, uh, directed by Jalmari Halenda. In this darkly comic gem, it's Christmas Eve in northern Finland, and an archaeological dig has just unearthed Santa Claus. But this Santa isn't one you want coming to town. When local children begin disappearing, Pieteri and his father capture the mythological being and attempt to sell Santa to the corporation sponsoring the dig. Hmm. So yeah, plenty to look forward to And there's plenty more people You know, classic films like The Lost Boys Bran Stoker's Dracula <laughs> If you haven't got Shudder You might want to go pick it up now Film Festival fans, you are definitely still in luck Because this year's UK Film Festival London Will take place online from the 22nd to the 29th of November And will offer UK and worldwide audiences A unique chance to catch the latest award-winning short films in the comfort of their own homes. The program also includes an innovative selection of features by established and up-and-coming directors, as well as cutting-edge documentaries and animation films. The 2020 edition has once again been curated twice by twice Berlin winning director Petros Silvertrus. The feature film highlight of the 2020 edition stars Vinnie Jones, Malcolm McDowell and Ron Perlman in the exciting character-driven thriller The Big Ugly by Scott Whipper. In which London mob bosses invest in a West Virginia oil deal in the hope of laundering dirty money, causing mayhem to Anglo American relations. The shorts lineup includes The Present, directed by Farah Nablusi, an entry from Palestine which won an award at the 2020 Clermont Ferrand Short Film Festival. Others not to be missed include The Hilarious On The Boat by Bizak Mamatiliv and Irene Maury's Sensitive and Haunting Watermelon Juice from Catizan and Spain respectively. Another feature film highlight is the UK premiere of Yon Lu by Hoik 
Monteri from Brazil, which won the Critics Award at this year's Sao Paulo International Film Festival. Two moving documentary features not to be missed reflect on ethnic cleansing and forced migration in the 1940s. Zahel's House by Gabriel Greer about the return of a woman to an area of Turkey where her grandparents' generation had suffered slaughter and deportation and the cannibals' Voices from 1944, a Danish entry by Chechen filmmaker Zule Magazivev, which weaves the fate of her own family into the story of Stalin's deportation of Chechens to Central Asia. Once again, the festival is delighted to offer candidates awards in various categories. So, for um, the full program, you can just go to their website, which is um, in the information details of this episode, but it's um, ukfilmfestival.com, okay, so then just go to the festival program tab, and um, to be able to... uh, you know, watch films, attend. An online festival pass is £9. £9. Just think how cheap that is, right? And um, short film screening blocks and feature film tickets are priced between £3 and £4.50. You know, which is uh, a bargain, you know what I mean? So, listen, last year's festival was great. There was some fantastic films. Um, and I believe that there was a documentary on um, cows. And that has just won a big award with uh, BAFTA. So, listen, the films that you will see here are top-rated shorts and features. So, you do not want to miss this, people. Okay, so it is between the 22nd and 29th of November, right? So, just round the corner, this year's UK Film Festival London. Do not miss it. Okay, people, so... Now you've uh, marked out all of those dates, got all that news, let's get into this week's reviews. Alright, get the popcorn, let's go. Okay people, so the human voice... This is the English language debut of director Pedro Alamodovar. Um, The film is, you know, produced by Augustin Almodovar, Esther Garcia. Um, You know, Pedro also wrote the film. Well, he actually adapted it. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's an adaptation 
from a play of the same name, you know, which was, um, yeah, the the plays written yeah, by Gene Cockatoo, I think that's how you say it, uh, and it's starring Tilda Swinton, okay, so the, the gist is, uh, Madness and melancholy intersect to thrilling effect as Almodovar reimagines um, Jean Coutu's short play, The Human Voice, for an era in which isolation has become a way of life. Laws of desire become the rules of the game as Tilda Swinton's un Unnamed woman paces and panics in a glorious Technicolor apartment where decor offers a window into her state of mind. A short, sharp shot of the sealed Almodovar passion, emotion, heartbreak, wit and melodrama. Exquisitely bound up in a tale for our times. So, yes, people, there you have it. This is an interesting piece, right? It is very interesting because there's not a lot here, right? We have um, Swinton. Well, it, it's funny because it starts off and, um, yeah, there's just music. Right? Just music. And we've got Swinton. She's sitting in a red dress. Right? That's how we meet her. Sitting in a red dress. Then she's in a black number. And she's walking. Walking in this huge space. So you're just like, hmm. What is happening here? Right? <laughs> But then we find her in a hardware store. So she's in a hardware store. And this kind of threw me because, hey, everyone's speaking Spanish. So it was just like, oh, I thought this was an English debut. What's happening? But, you know, but she speaks English and then it all goes from there. But, yeah, she's buying a hammer. So we see her buy a hammer in this huge hardware store. Now she's in a blue number, right? Um, Hammer gets all wrapped up nicely. Now she's at home. And I think is we get this transition from space to space, right? And all the spaces look very big and they're very distinctive. There is nothing really drab happening in this piece. And we've got... You know, now she's in her apartment and we see a dog. Dog and it's sniffing around some suitcases. She's sitting down and we've got a, a, a load of DVDs. Right? We see her and, and she's then piling up books. And it's like this weird kind of organisation, this symmetry. Right? That's what it, there seems to be, this symmetry. This aesthetic. But we 
we keep on jumping, we jump around to these different kind of visual looks, which kind of throws you, right, so we have a go outside, we have a kind of go outside to smoke, and um, then the dog, the dog is walking around, but now, now there's a lot more space again, and then it goes inside and it jumps on a bed with a suit on it, right, and yeah, there's not the dialogue, there's no real dialogue, there's just sound, you know, music, and that's the intriguing thing, but it it all, you know, it conveys this passion, right, there's always seems to be a lot of passion, like, we, we have her in one scene, she throws down a glass, throws down a glass and grabs a hammer, and she takes that hammer to the suit on the bed, which doesn't Necessarily make any sense <laughs> You kind of think that possibly a knife or scissors Would be the best thing right here But no, she she's taking an hammer um, Now the interesting thing Is Right, we, we believe in this heartache Right, we believe in this sorrow In this loss that she has She's furious, you know, she's she's breaking stuff But we then get this shot That's kind of an aerial view And so we're looking at the house But we're seeing, you know, all the different rooms It's the framework, right? It's just like, she's not really in a house It's yeah, it, it, it's this kind of odd, odd thing Where, what are we meant to believe? And what are we seeing? Because the only person in this piece is Swinton Right, that's the only person we have But, now, when you look at all these different situations that you see Right, we, and we get many So it's her in the shop You know, we have her on the phone To her Her partner, right Who we then, dis- we discover Has left her But we, we, Throughout all of these different Conversations The way they had You kind of don't need to hear The other end you know, because Swinton, she does this really good job of orotating everything. You know, giving us this different, these different changes in pitch, this different kind of understanding of what is getting said, right? And the mood. You know, there's this whole calm thing, this this relief. Then you know, at times it, it, it raises up, and we get this anxiety. Right, this anxiety and this hurt back to calm, and it's just this you know, this range of altering different pitches, which all does kind of give you that picture, it paints that picture of what's going on, 
you know, of her emotional state, her, which is very, like, it's interesting, and, you know, the whole thing of, is she in a house, or is she on a set, I mean, that kind of seems to speak to the vastness, the gulf of these emotions, right, you know, because love, loss, heartbreak, you know, it's hard to confine them, you know, they're bigger things than we really like to comprehend, you know, there's moments when everything seems small, seems fine, it seems easy to manage, and then, boom, it becomes overwhelming, and you kind of get that, or, I am reading way too much into it, (laughs) who knows, but that's what I'm reading from this, right, and that's the beauty of all of this, that you can look at it and get something else, right, it is, it can become your own interpretation, but that's what this speaks to, you know, and all these changing colours, all this, this vibrancy, it is that kind of juxtaposition on, you know, the grief, the loneliness, you know, it's like, you know, Instagram filters, right, it's that facade of bright, happy, yay, but really, you know, within her is all this turmoil, this heartache, this loss, you know, and we had that, you know, in these conversations that she's having, talking about all of these things that might have happened, or did they happen, no, they didn't happen, hmm, Right, so there is all of this But, you know, she's not there quite alone She has the dog She has the dog And I think as everything unfolds You know, that relationship You know, we see that change You know, and at the end It's about forging new beginnings So it's an interesting piece It's definitely an interesting piece, man You know, I enjoyed it Yeah, I enjoyed it for this crazy, you know, vision that we get. And the fact that, yeah, you know, you're not quite sure, right? You're not quite sure. Now, um, I, I think it's playing a few times on, you know, throughout Sunday. So, yeah, you know, check it out if you can, people, right? You know, especially if you're Pedro Almodovar fan, yeah, it's his, um, yeah, it's his English language debut, and he's working with Tilda Swinton, how great is that, alright, the human voice, So, um, yeah, funny enough, right, so I think it was a couple of weeks ago that we spoke about Love Guaranteed, but uh, just so happens we have another 
Mark Steven Johnson film this week. So, um, yeah, when fighting Steve McQueen um, came through, you know, I thought, all right, I'll take a look. But I was, I don't know, for some reason, I thought it might be a little bit goofy. You know what I mean? And, yeah, when the film started, it did seem that way. But, you shouldn't judge a book by its opening moments. That's what you need to uh, take from this, I feel. So, um, yeah, as I said, look, it's directed by Mark Stephen Johnson. It is, um, you know, written by Ken Hickson and Keith Sharon. It's produced by Anthony uh, Mastomaro, Silvio Margarilla, and Alexandra Klim. And uh, we got music by Victor Reyes. Cinematography is Jose David Montero. And it has a cast of, um, well, <laughs> Travis Fimmel, who um, definitely doesn't, <laughs> doesn't look like Ragnar Lofbrok. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he's, a, he's a little bit different from his pillaging days, but he plays Harry Barber. Uh, we've got Rachel Taylor as Molly Murphy. Forrest Whitaker as Howard Lambert, an FBI agent. Um, Lily Rabb as Sharon Price, his assistant. Uh, William Fincher as Enzo Rotella. Jake Weary as Tommy Barber, that is um, Harry's brother. John Finn as W. Mark Felt. And um, Reese. Cario as Ray Darrow. Oh, and Louise Lombardi as Paulie Callahan. Right, so, um, yeah, people, the gist of the film is this. And I didn't know this, but it's based on the true story of the Youngstown mob. President Richard Nixon, the FBI, and the biggest Hank bank heist in U.S. history. In 1972, a gang of like-minded thieves plan a heist to steal $30 million in illegal campaign contributions from the president's secret fund. So, um, yeah. <laughs> As I said, look, it, it starts a little goofily, you know? We've got, um... Well, interesting enough, right? So it starts with Harry sitting, holding the phone. And you kind of wonder what's going on there, right? So he's then getting dressed, you know, getting and leaving and going to a cafe, a diner. Then we see uh, Forrest Whitaker get, you know, notification on something and he's going to a chopper and you know he's holding papers and <laughs> what do you know the papers fly everywhere you know it's a little bit silly right it's one of those things that you like you're like, Ugh. How, like i knew the papers were gonna fly everywhere 
That's just... God damn it. But we then have the film, like, jump back to Harry. And he's in a car. Like, he puts his shades on and he's driving and he's speeding. You know, he, he, he kind of does some weird stunts and stuff. Nearly gets caught by the police. So a big all to do. So you're thinking, eh, it's going to be some silly type film, right? Um, Harry then, we, we, we have, um, well, we go to his uncle, Enzo. And he's, he's being, getting told about a job, right? Where you can go and ace, get all this money from Nixon. You know, and Nixon won't be able to get you because it's all illegal. Which, like, it all sounds a little bit too good to be true. And you do have to wonder why this, why this dude telling him about the plan isn't doing anything himself, right? But they get the job, and um, then they're working out how to do it. And it just so happens that our goof from the start, Harry, he's got an idea. So he tells Enzo and um, helps Enzo out, and then he's able to get in on the gang. So what we have, we do have like this heist movie, you know, of them just trying to work things out, casing out the joint, like all of this and you're thinking hmm okay but it's a little bit more than the highest movie this is the thing right so at the beginning right so we we go back to the diner before a lot of this happens and um you know harry's meeting a a young lady molly and, um, you know, it, you kind of work out that they've been seeing each other for a while. And he, he's like, listen, I've got to tell you something, and it's not great. Right? Which is then we go into the story. So it, it's kind of told in these flashbacks. You know, him divulging some information and then it goes like that and every now and again we go back to the diner you know she's all freaked out she doesn't believe him and you know we then get further and further into the story you know which is a nice little kind of vehicle really to get everything across kind of lay it out and get the, the the sentiment of what's going on you know it kind of works right in, in that fashion um and i think what you perceive to be just this typical heist film it then kind of we get to see behind it a little bit more, right? And it's, I don't know, like these chances trying to get one good day, you know, that's it. But then you've got like Harry and his brother, 
know, just trying to, I don't know, fit in, right? You, you've got them trying to fit in and Harry looking out for his brother, right? So, um, yeah, we're kind of following it and seeing all of this. And you kind of then realize that they're not quite like the others. You know, they, they, I think at the beginning they want to be, and Harry especially, but they're not quite like them. And through the telling of the story, you know, that's what you kind of realize and see. Which then kind of falls into his current situation. Because I think it's like, what, seven, seven years before. So, you know, we're jumping back seven years to when all of this went down. Right? So, it's interesting. And it's not, you know, it's kind of, it's well played. Yo, it's not a, you know, it's not a hard core crime story. So, you know, don't expect anything like Heat or The Town. You know, it's nothing like that. But I kind of feel it's more inclined with, um, I don't know, like a, a Thomas Crown affair. You know, something like Go, right? Or um, Frank Oz's The Score. You know, it's a, it's a little bit, you know, softer than, you know, a more intense Usual Suspects. You know, that uses the, you know, I'll tell you about the events of the, you know, kind of framework. Um... But that's fine, right? It, because, you know, it's it's a little high story, but it's a little feel-good story as well, which I don't think you expect. You know, it does kind of catch you off guard. And it then kind of, you see this love story, right? But you see it in a couple of places. So we've got the whole FBI, which is an underplayed situation. It's something that isn't spelled out, but there's definitely this undercurrent going on, right? Which you do think, ah, oh, it's kind of nice. And you're just like, ah, oh, I hope it works out, man. You know what I mean? And then you've got Harry and Molly. And, um, yeah. It's a nice story, you know. As I said, look, it, it's not going to uh, win any awards, but like, it's nice. You know, it's a pleasant way to spend an hour and a half, right? Just getting this this story that isn't just fueled with blood and guts and you know craziness. It's it's a kind of a little who done it, you know these little clues and you're trying to work things out and figure out what's going on, and is there like 
where's all the money and what's happening? So, yeah. And then you do kind of see through the retelling, right, of events and everything like that, you do get this, you know, two people that have fallen in love and are doing these real nice things for each other. So it works as a story. It really does. Then you find out it's true. <laughs> you know, like, with all things that are based on a true story, like, you do kind of feel that, all right, what artistic license was taken? You know, what, what, what things actually happened and which are there just to drive the story forward? You know? who knows right but to you know because there's some blurb at the very end you know which ah, always is frustrating because it's just like can't you just weed that into the story does it have to be text on the screen but when you're watching at home you can pause so it's fine but um yeah like you kind of figure out the a lot of it is must be true right because the way then the events happen you know so it's just like okay all right nice you know <laughs> this dude did a thing but maybe dk's happy ending at the end so um it's it's an interesting story it's nice you know and i think Hey, it, it'll make you smile. You know what I mean? So I would, yeah, I would recommend finding Steve McQueen. We got some nice performances, you know? Like, I think everyone, yeah, plays their part really well. Like, Forrest Whitaker is really good. You know, Travis and Rachel, you know, they're, they're great. And Jack Weary, his character, Tommy, I mean, it's not a huge part of the story. It's kind of understated. But he does, you know what I mean? I mean, he, he carries the role really well. You know? He, he really does. So, um, yeah, if you want a, a little bit of a charming story that is true as, as far as we know, you know, with some heist action thrown in, then, yeah, I don't think you can go far wrong than uh, finding Steve McQueen. And the whole Steve McQueen thing, that makes sense as well, within the context of the film. You know, you find out, like, why Steve McQueen? What's going on there? But, yeah, it is all laid out. You know, you work it out. And, um, yeah, it's decent people. It, it really is. And it's, it's something that you could watch, you know, with your, you know, your parents, your grand, your name. There's, you know, not, because I know my parents aren't into big explosions and a lot of swearing. And, um, yeah, 
this doesn't really have any of that but it doesn't feel hmm it doesn't feel like it's kiddified you know what i'm saying so um yeah it's 91 minutes so yeah an hour and a half um i believe it's an 18 i mean yeah i mean there is some kind of eh, there's some sex but it, like you don't see anything so i don't know probably 18 for the thefts and all of that kind of shenanigans but um yeah so it's a it's a nice little flick people so um it is out on um monday the 16th of november so you'll be able to um get it on digital download from all the usual spots all right so if you check the episode information there's a pre-order link for itunes if that's where you get your stuff from otherwise you know just hit your favorite vod and you will find finding steve mcqueen right there people okay so um enjoy <laughs> Okay, people, so we are drawing to a close on another episode, but before we do, let's check out some film news um, and see what's going down. All right, well, whew, it just seems that Gerard Butler won't stop falling. Ah, that is right, people. He is uh, reprising his role of Mike Banning yeah that's right we are getting Night Has Fallen which is a full film in his uh, series that started with Olympus Has Fallen you know um, word is there is potentially going to be a fifth and sixth so uh, you know you'll be able to find out what else will fall um, in the coming years <laughs> but um, yeah I, I think um, the script is um, being written by Robert Kamen um, and Rick Roman War um, yeah I think just the usual people are back uh, and I think the film is going into production in Bulgaria shortly. All right. So, uh, yeah, it would seem that Miles um, Teller and Shaylee Woodley are teaming up with William Hurt for a, um, a new film. From Grimor Hakunsoren. Okay, so it's gonna be called Defense. And um, basically, Woodley and Teller play two liberal newlyweds who um, get into it with their ultra conservative ex marine neighbor, 
over a nine foot tall fence that he insists on building to keep his home safe from potential terrorists. Yeah, and uh, there is that. All right, so um, it would seem Salima Gomez is, uh, you know, looking to climb some mountains. Yeah, she is going to be playing Sylvia Vasquez Lavado, who is the pioneering Peruvian mountaineer and social entrepreneur. All right, so yeah, it's a biopic which is based on, um, you know, Sylvia's own memoirs in the shadow of the mountain. Um, it's coming from one community and Tempesta Films. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it definitely does sound interesting, you know. Um, Elgin James, he's going to be a writing and um, directing the film. Scott Budnick and Donna Gigalotto will produce. And um, basically, it's um, based on, uh, you know, as I said, it's, it's Sylvia's um, memoirs. Uh, she was a victim of childhood assault and negligent, and um, she found healing in the power of mountaineering. She became the first Peruvian woman to summit Mount Everest and the first openly gay woman to complete the Seven Summits Challenge. You know, and she, you know, uses her expertise and skills to help other people, um, you know, women mostly who have endured, you know, abuse and she takes them to the Everest base camp. Yeah, so um, this is interesting, right? I think I remember back, back in Urush, early 2000s, right? The Rock made his film debut with, um, you know, playing the Scorpion King in The Mummy Returns. And then we got the spin-off, right? The Scorpion King film, which was really enjoyable, right? Well, news comes that, you know, Dwayne Johnson, along with Danny Garcia and Universal, they're going to be rebooting the Scorpion King, which I believe it had two straight-to-DVD um, sequels. You know, one starred at Randy Couture. Um, so, yeah, Jonathan Herman is going to be writing the script. Um, now, they're, they're going to have someone new to play the role of the Scorpion King um, that The Rock played in the original, but it's thought that he will make a, uh, a cameo uh, of some sort in the feature. 
So yeah, I don't know. The first, the original was fun. So yeah, hopefully this will be uh, just as good. They are rebooting it in the modern day, though. That's the word. So yeah, I don't I don't know how that's going to uh, work out, but yes, it's a case of waiting and seeing. Okay, so um, Abel Ferreira has a new film uh, called Zeros and Ones. It's gonna star Ethan Hawke, Christina Chirik, and Phil Nielsen. Okay, so um, yeah, basically, um, Hulk will play an American soldier stationed in Rome as it's under siege following the, um, you know, destruction of the Vatican. He embarks on a hero's journey to uncover and defend against an unknown enemy threatening the entire world. Hmm. So, uh, Ferreira has also written the script. Um, and Diana Phillips and Philip Cruiser will be producing. Okay, so, um, yeah, Lionsgate have picked up a new film called Video Nasty. Okay, so it's from Chris Chris Thomas Devlin. Um, he wrote the script. Seth Rogen is going to be producing it, and Jonathan Levin um, will be directing. And it uh, follows three teens who rent a cursed VHS and are pulled into. Um, a 1980s slasher movie that threatens to trap them forever. Hmm. Could be interesting. Okay, so. Um, Maggie Betts. She's, uh, she's got a new film coming. Um, which will be written by Doug Wright. It's called The Burial, and um, it's going to star Jamie Foxx, who will also be producing. Okay, it's coming through Amazon Studios, and it's based on a New Yorker article from 1999, um, which dealt with a legal battle over a funeral home chain during the 90s hmm alright well yep we will see how that one goes Uh, so also Michael Gondry has a new film coming um, also at Amazon Uh, so the film is um, well, it's an adaptation of um, Jonathan Lathan's As She Climbed Across the Table. Okay, so um, Joe Penhall is um, writing the script. And uh, basically, 
It's a, a, a story about Alice and her um, colleagues um, who have created a black hole that they've called Lack. A quantum singularity that is uh, very selective about who it sucks into its void. Accepting some objects, rejecting others. To Alice, this selectivity translates into an irresistible personality. To Philip, her ex-boyfriend, the void becomes a rival lover. Spurring on feeling of intense jealousy as he embarks on a nigh-impossible a multi-universal quest to win back Alice. Yeah, I mean that could be a first. I we we've had someone who's fallen in love with their phone's AI, and now we're gonna get someone who um yeah is fighting a black hole for the love of someone else. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, definitely an odd one. Okay, so some Netflix news. Um, Millie, uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Um, she's got a new film coming, and it's called A Damsel. Okay, so um, it's from uh, director John Carlos Fresnaldio, uh, and it's written by Dan. Mazu Okay, so um, It's based on um, It's kind of like a fairy tale Right, so um, uh, Brown will play um, Princess Elodie Who finds herself in an arranged marriage With their rival kingdom's Prince Henry However her situation gets more complicated when she finds out that their rival kingdom has a despicable harvest season tradition of sacrificing their princess to a hungry dragon. So now Elodie must fight off the dragon for her survival. Haha. <laughs> okay, so in other Netflix news Okay, so um, Anthony Mandler's New film, Monster Has been picked up By the streamer Alright, so um, Yeah, it is Starring Jennifer Hudson Kelvin Harrison Jr John David Washington Jeffrey Wright Janelle Jean- Jerome, um, Jennifer Ill, and Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, so um, the film kind of follows a 17-year-old honor student who's um, from Harlem, and his world comes crashing down around him when he is charged with felony murder. Hmm. Okay, and um, also, this is uh, pretty big. Netflix have picked up the world distribution 
international distribution rights to uh, News of the World. So this is the new film by uh, Paul Greengrass and starring Tom Hanks. Uh, when I did hear about this film, I did think, did they make a film about the trashy newspaper? No, no, they didn't. This is a, uh, it's a western. <laughs> you know, um, and um, yeah, it follows Captain Jefferson Kyle Kidd. A veteran of three wars who now moves from town to town as a non-fiction storyteller. He crosses path with Joanna, a ten-year-old taken in by the Kawawa people six years earlier and raised as one of their own. The pair embark on a journey when Kid agrees to deliver the child where the law says she belongs. Hmm. And people, uh, Chris Pratt and Wu Jing are uh, teaming up to start in a new film from Joe and Anthony Russo. It's called Saigon Bodyguards, and it's coming through Universal Pictures. It's a, it's a remake of a Vietnamese film from uh, Ken Ochelais. Uh, and um, it follows two pals, one a straight arrow, the other a goofball who tried to find a corporate heir who got kidnapped right under their noses. Hmm... Okay, so Alex Gregory and Peter Hook are uh, writing the script. Um, yeah, and that's all we know so far. Alright, good stuff. And people, let us end on this. Okay, so, um, it's an interesting one, right? So, um... Jeff Nichols, right? A great, um, you know, director. He is writing and directing a um, a spin-off film from the franchise A Quiet Place. Now we know this year we were meant to get the sequel. But because of the coronavirus, that has been pushed back till next year. But uh, yeah, this film is gonna be set in that universe, right? It's um, yeah, it's an idea that John Cran, hmm, John Krasinski. Yeah, I think that's it. I think he came up with this idea. Right, so, um, yeah, he, uh, you know, tagged Nichols to um, go bring it into fruition. He's going to be producing along with Michael Bay and Andrew, Andrew Form and uh, Brad Fuller. Now, if it is anything like the original, I can't wait. I mean, I'm looking forward to the sequel. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff. 
So, people, that is the end of um, this episode. Remember, go check out part two because, um, hey, that's got some real great stuff. We've got an interview and everything. So, uh, yeah, enjoy, people. And uh, go watch some good films. All right. Peace.